NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who save with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Tonight, a major step forward for a breakthrough COVID treatment. Drug maker Merck asking the FDA for emergency authorization of its new COVID pill, saying it cuts hospitalizations and deaths by half. Who will be able to get it and when? Also, FDA advisors meeting in days on booster shots for those who got the Moderna and J&J vaccines. The travel nightmare, Southwest Airlines again canceling or delaying nearly half its flights. Is it related to those vaccine mandates? Plus, the new showdowns over vaccines leaving some police departments worried about staffing. Plus, a small plane crashes in Southern California in a neighborhood, hitting two homes, setting them on fire. The late details now coming in. The whistleblower accusing Capitol Police leaders of mishandling intelligence about the January 6th riot and failing to take action. How the department is responding. Almost 20 million Americans tonight facing severe weather warnings after more than a dozen reports of tornadoes in the Midwest. A state of emergency in Puerto Rico, the new crisis over its power supply. And the TV legend who played Star Trek's Captain Kirk about to boldly go where no man at his age has ever gone before. This is NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. Good evening. A potential new weapon against COVID-19 may soon enter the fight. An anti-COVID pill, not to prevent but to treat the infection in high-risk patients. Drug maker Merck submitting its antiviral pill to the FDA for emergency use authorization, claiming the drug could substantially cut the number of hospitalizations and deaths. But the number of pills ordered by the government falls far short of the 67 million eligible Americans who remain unvaccinated. Today's submission comes as COVID cases, hospitalizations and deaths are on the decline amid more signs of public normalcy. Today's return of the Boston Marathon, just one of them. Our team covering it all tonight, starting with Miguel Almaguer. Now officially seeking emergency use authorization from the FDA, if granted, Merck's first-of-its-kind antiviral pill to treat COVID could be prescribed to Americans by the end of this year, with the company saying its pill cuts hospitalizations and deaths in half for unvaccinated patients with early symptoms. The five-day regimen of 40 pills costs an estimated $700 a patient, similar to Tamiflu in that it's Taken at home during the early onset of symptoms, the prescribed pill would be for adults with mild to moderate cases of COVID at high risk for severe disease or hospitalization. While this is excellent news, it's still 50%. So that means a lot of people who do get infected are still going to get very sick with COVID-19. Um, so it's not it's not a miracle. It's if authorized, Merck's milestone would be a game changer, but not a substitute for vaccinations. The U.S. government has ordered enough pills for 1.7 million Americans, but 67 million who are eligible have yet to be vaccinated. Still, there are signs of progress on the front lines. New infections are down 53 percent. Daily deaths and hospitalizations are also dropping. 
I think we really can start to spike the football as we emerge into the spring, but we should stay vigilant until then, continue with the precautions we have so we do not have any risk of a fifth surge. Amid more signs of normalcy, like today's return to the Boston Marathon, authorities have also said it's safe for most children to trick-or-treat this Halloween. Tonight, more steps forward in a pandemic that has offered so many setbacks. And Miguel, this is shaping up to be a big week for the FDA. They're also set to take on booster shots for Moderna and Johnson & Johnson. Yeah, that's right, Lester. On Thursday and Friday, the FDA's advisory panel will meet to debate boosters for Moderna and Johnson & Johnson. Of course, last month, after a contentious hearing, seniors and those at higher risk for catching COVID who were fully vaccinated with Pfizer qualified for their boosters. Lester. Miguel Almaguer tonight, thank you. There's new chaos for Southwest Airlines, canceling or delaying well over 1,000 flights on top of many more over the weekend. Tonight, how the FAA is pushing back and what the airline says is to blame. Sam Brock now with the latest. A full-fledged travel nightmare. We've been worrying about it for the past 24 hours. That's now at the end of day four. I was definitely hoping that my, uh, my flight wasn't getting canceled because I got to get back for work. More than 40% of all Southwest flights today delayed or canceled, impacting tens of thousands of passengers. Over the weekend at Denver's airport, the backup spilling onto the second floor. Similar scenes across the country from Reno to Nashville and Dallas. They canceled twice, twice, twice they canceled. Tonight, Southwest apologized to customers, saying the numerous cancellations were primarily created by weather and other external constraints, which left aircraft and crews out of pre-planned positions. The FAA today pushing back on an earlier suggestion that air traffic control staffing was contributing to the problem, saying no air traffic staffing shortages have been reported since Friday. Industry experts believe there are likely several contributing factors. Is it possible that some members of Southwest and its pilots decided to sit this out because of the COVID vaccine? There's definitely something different, something aside from just ATC and weather delays going on here. Uh, the unions have said no, the pilots are saying no, uh, but the timing is strange. Tonight, the head of Southwest Pilot Association responded to speculation that the airline's recent vaccine mandate is contributing to the chaos. How do you know that is not related to what's just happened the last four days? Because our sick rates are right in line with 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 where they were this summer. So it is absolutely um, completely false to say that our pilots are, are that 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 this is affecting the pilots in any way. The two are completely mutually exclusive mandates right now at the state and federal levels are creating tension in Seattle. The police department has until October 18th to comply with hundreds of officers still unvaccinated. They're using bully tactics to force their employees to get this. And that's what's led to this disconnect. And Sam, back to Southwest and those delays. Any idea when those flights might return to normal? No, Lester. So far, Southwest Airlines has not provided a timeline on when the services might be back fully. But we have learned that the airline staffs very tightly. So when they hit a snag like they did on Friday, there could be a domino effect. Lester. All right, Sam, thank you. Breaking news from Southern California, where a small plane crashed into a neighborhood today, killing at least two people. Two homes and several vehicles were destroyed by fire. Two other people were injured. Neighbors were able to pull one woman out of the burning home that she lived in. It happened in Santee, California, north of San Diego. 
Tonight's scathing new accusations involving the January 6th Capitol riot. A whistleblower blasting the real-time response of the leadership of Capitol Police. Here's Hallie Jackson. New fallout tonight from an explosive letter written by an anonymous former Capitol Police officer describing top department officials as responsible for the single greatest intelligence failure in the history of the U.S. Capitol Police. Calling out senior leaders Yogananda Pittman and Sean Gallagher specifically, quote, what I observed was them mostly sitting there, blankly looking at the TV screens showing real-time footage of others. A law enforcement source tells NBC News the two leaders were focused on the evacuation of congressional leadership. Pittman with Lester back in April. Every day I think about the well-being of the officers. Capitol Police say although there's more work to do, many of the problems described in the letter have been addressed and that they're committed to learning from prior mistakes. It's all the more reason that we need to continue to see an aggressive January 6th bipartisan commission pursue the ground truth of what happened that day. It comes as the former president rallying in Iowa this weekend, hints at another run. We're using the same slogan, make America great again. And clings to the lie that triggered that insurrection, that the election was stolen, even though it was not. I never conceded, never. But state after state where the election was close conducted audits to check the vote totals. Georgia even counted three times with all of it confirming again that Joe Biden won. Still demonstrating Mr. Trump's hold on his party, this new dodge from a top GOP leader. So you think the election was stolen? What I said is there are states that didn't follow their legislatively set rules. Do you think the election was stolen? And it's not just irregular, it's states that did not follow the laws set, which the Constitution says they're supposed to follow. GOP Congresswoman Liz Cheney, in response to that moment, tweeted, Republicans have a duty to tell the American people that claims of a stolen election are just not true. Lester. Allie Jackson, thank you. Severe storms are threatening parts of the Midwest tonight after at least a dozen tornadoes were reported yesterday across Oklahoma and Missouri. 18 million are at risk from Missouri up to Michigan, including Wisconsin, Illinois, and Indiana. More severe storms expected tomorrow in the Central Plains. Five million could be affected. Puerto Rico is under a state of emergency tonight after a wave of blackouts hit the island. Officials now warning the power grid is in critical condition as public outrage hits new heights. Gabe Gutierrez is there. Built in the 1960s, this is one of Puerto Rico's outdated power plants. Tonight, the island's grid is in critical condition, and PREPA, the bankrupt government-owned public utility here, is under fire. What do you say to people around Puerto Rico that have dealt with these outages for a very long time yeah. well, and we, just don't trust PREPA? Yeah, well, we're going to do it this time around. PREPA says making matters worse this year is, of all things, seaweed. Really? Seaweed? It was preventing the cooling water to get in the in the condenser. For protesters, frustration is boiling over. Brenda Otera runs a bakery near San Juan. Very frustrating. It's um, our daily basis right now in Puerto Rico. How much money have you lost because of these blackouts? I think the last week I, I could lose like a thousand dollars. In 2017, hurricanes Irma and Maria ravaged Puerto Rico's grid. Though power generation is still PREPA's responsibility, this summer a private company, Luma Energy, took over transmission and distribution. Why is it worse now than it was before you took over? In many ways, there have been um, improvements in 
in the way that people contact us, in the way that, that you know, we roll out some new digital tools. But the lights uh, but are still going out. And what I say to customers every day is this will get better. But Brenda Otera is sick of waiting. She says she's paying 54% more for electricity than she did last year. How much longer do you think this is going to go on for? Um, I really don't know, but I just wanted to end. FEMA has set aside nearly $10 billion to help rebuild the power grid here. And in Congress, a House committee is now looking into the outages. Lester. All right, Gabe, thank you. In just 60 seconds, the spy case involving a Navy engineer, nuclear submarine secrets, and a peanut butter sandwich. And a starship called Blue Origin about to take Captain Kirk into space for real. The UN Refugee Agency, or UNHCR, responds to emergencies and provides long-term solutions for refugees. They provide aid in over 130 countries, including Ukraine, Syria, Afghanistan, and Sudan, where people are forced to flee from war and persecution at their greatest moment of need. UNHCR helps and protects refugees by providing food, shelter, medical care, and other life-saving essentials. The agency jumpstarts relief in three key ways. They transport core relief items stored in even the most remote areas of the world. They deploy expert emergency staff trained to help in crisis situations. And they transfer funds directly to support the emergency. Because of generous supporters and donors, UNHCR can scale up its response within 72 hours of a large-scale emergency. Your support helps provide life-saving aid for refugees whenever and wherever emergencies occur. Donate to USA for UNHCR by visiting unrefugees.org donation. We turn now to a spy story straight out of Hollywood. A naval engineer and his wife accused of trying to sell America's nuclear submarine secrets to a foreign agent, even concealing them in a peanut butter sandwich. Stephanie Gosk now with the latest. The U.S. Navy's Virginia-class submarine can stay submerged for months and attack fast using highly classified nuclear technology. The FBI says naval engineer Jonathan Tebby attempted to sell its secrets to an unidentified country. According to a criminal complaint, an FBI agent in that country obtained Tebby's original package. And on Saturday, the 42-year-old, along with his wife, Diana, were arrested. Their neighbors in Maryland left stunned. Wow, that's pretty incredible. That's like a, out of a movie. Everybody talks to everybody, except nobody's ever really spoken to that family. Tebby worked for the U.S. Navy since 2012 and was directly involved in naval nuclear propulsion. According to court documents, he made multiple drops of restricted information, believing he was selling it to a foreign spy, when in fact it was an undercover FBI agent. One drop included an SD card stashed inside half a peanut butter sandwich, another in a Band-Aid wrapper. The FBI says his wife was in on the plan and acted at times as a lookout. In an encrypted message referenced in the complaint, Tebby claimed he had a cache of information, including thousands of pages and schematics that were slowly and carefully collected over several years. He proposed selling 51 installments for a total of $5 million in cryptocurrency. Writing unwittingly to the undercover agent, my friend, we have both taken considerable risks to reach this point, and with good luck, we'll soon have much to celebrate. Instead, the couple are expected in federal court tomorrow. They haven't entered a plea yet, but if they are found guilty on these espionage-related charges, Lester, the maximum penalty is life in prison. 
quite a story. Stephanie, thank you. In West Texas, high winds have delayed a Blue Origin rocket launch that will carry William Shatner on a record-setting ride into space. Tom Costello has more. On the launch pad, the countdown is on hold. William Shatner and three others, a Blue Origin employee and two paying passengers, now waiting till Wednesday for high winds to clear. In the back of my mind is Jeopardy. And I don't mean the, uh, the, the, yeah. the, the quiz. This morning, Shatner admitted the delay makes him nervous. I don't want to be on top of a rocket in 75 mile an hour winds. Scotty, beam us up fast. Hard to believe Captain Kirk is 90 years old now. I'm Captain Kirk and I'm terrified going to space. His four minutes of weightlessness will make him the oldest person ever to reach space after 82-year-old Wally Funk's ride in July. Now Shatner and his team are in the simulator preparing for their 11-minute round trip. You are all buckled in and ready to go to space. The same simulator we were in last summer. What really stands out to me is just the size of the window, and you've got six of them in here, right? Yes, over a third of the surface area of the capsule or windows. Perfect for the view Shatner has been dreaming of. I'm going to see the the vastness of space and the extraordinary miracle of our Earth. But his ultimate goal. The thing I really want to do is come back down. And beaming back to Earth is out of the question. Tom Costello, NBC News in the West Texas desert. Up next, we'll tell you whose pockets the pandemic hit hardest and what to do if COVID sent you back financially. We're back with our series, The Great Divide and the financial blow the pandemic dealt to older Americans now facing a challenging job market, empty savings accounts and far off dreams of retirement. Harry Smith reports. Just home from work, 71-year-old Diana Sanger and Matthew, her 29-year-old grandson with autism, are out for a walk near their home in Greeley, Colorado. When you were a younger person, Diana, what were your dreams of retirement? Well, I thought I'd be in a motorhome or a fifth wheel traveling the country and living the dream. Nope, I get up every morning at 6 and go to work at 7. Diana works not because she wants to, but because she has to. Like almost half of the baby boom generation, she has no savings, none. During the pandemic, older workers have found they're often among the first to be let go and the last to be hired back. How hard has the pandemic been on you as a person in their 70s who still needs income? It's been very hard, but you know what it's like looking for a job when you're 70? Nobody wants to hire you. What I want is a permanent job with benefits. I'd love to have paid holidays. You know, I'd love to have um, vacation paid, but I'm just glad to have a job. Any job. Yes. Joanne Jenkins heads the AARP. I think you see the financial divide broadening uh, as a result of the pandemic with the rich getting richer and those who are uh, moderate and low income uh, really struggling to try to make ends meet. And while it may seem there are help wanted signs on every corner these days. We know that if in fact you're an older worker and you lose your job, it takes double the amount of time to find a new one. Diana told us she often feels invisible. She prays to be seen. Hire me. I'll show up on time. I'll be there every day. I won't call in. I catch on really, really, really quickly. 
I would be one of your best employees. And as for those golden years of retirement? Do you think you'll ever be able to retire? I will die at my workplace. That's when I will retire. And she is not alone. Harry Smith, NBC News. We'll take a break. When we come back, one woman's mission to educate girls in Afghanistan. On the International Day of the Girl, Andrea Mitchell reports on one extraordinary woman who is striving to give girls in Afghanistan an education against all odds. The Taliban takeover of Herat, Afghanistan's third largest city. It was a sad day. Heartbreaking for Fareshta Furrow, who moved to the U.S. in 2012 and started the first computer science school for girls in Afghanistan with free tuition and laptops, a school called Code to Inspire. I think what we provided was very essential to the core value of like helping these girls to flourish and create an opportunity for themselves to work. But with the Taliban's victory, it all came crashing down. The Taliban promising to respect women's rights, but already stopping girls from going to school beyond sixth grade and closing off jobs for women like Munira, who learned to code at Fareshta's school and asked us to protect her identity. I have a lot of talents but here I can't use it. So what are your hopes now for your future? I can't say nothing in fact. Okay. I'm so sorry, but you still have some optimism about your future? I think only a miracle can help Afghan people. The school which has graduated 350 Afghan girls now forced underground. How did you get up and continue? You know, life is tough. I was like, this is not the time for me to, you know, just sit and like do nothing. So Fareshta took Code to Inspire online, using encryption to keep the students' identities secure. So you're continuing to educate these girls secretly behind closed doors? Yes. We're going to create a virtual space for the girls to feel safe, give them laptop, buy them internet, and get them educated, and then find them jobs online. Can the Taliban stop you? No, they can't. Arming the girls of Afghanistan with the internet and laptops. Andrea Mitchell, NBC News, Hanover, New Hampshire. That's nightly news for this Monday. Thank you for watching, everyone. I'm Lester Holt. Please take care of yourself and each other. Good night. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.